0: scripture reading comes from Genesis chapter 37, 1 to 8, and chapter 41, uh, 46 to 52. Jacob lived in the land of his father's sojourning, in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was pasturing the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons, because he was a son of his old age, and he made him a robe of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all of his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Now Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, Hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright, and behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. His brothers said to him, Are you indeed to reign over us? Are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Joseph was thirty years old when he entered the services of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went through the land of Egypt. During the seven plentiful years, the earth produced abundantly, and he gathered up all the food of those seven years, which occurred in the land of Egypt, and put the food in the cities. He put in every city the food from the fields around it. And Joseph stored up grain in great abundance, like the sand of the sea, until he ceased to measure it, for it could not be measured. Before the year of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph, Ashnath, the daughter of Potiphar, priest of On, bore them to him. Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. For he said, God has made me forget all my hardship and all of my father's house. The name of the second son is Ephraim. For God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction.
1: Have you ever dreamed to be someone special? or achieve a great thing maybe you had a dream when you were little have your has your dream come true or has your dream broken today we will finish this sermon series the family matters with the joseph's family joseph dream a dream and God made his dream come true. So we will quest for the reasons how Joseph's dream come true. First, Joseph spoke frankly always The Bible says Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. As we know, his father Jacob had four wives and 12 sons, but he didn't trust his sons except Joseph. Because Jacob favored Joseph, for he was the son of Rachel, whom he loved. So Jacob sent Joseph to his sons in the field to check. So, and then Joseph reported back, if his brother did something wrong. So was Joseph a tattletale? Yes, to his brothers. But to his father, Joseph was a good reporter because his brother did wrong sometimes. Joseph did not accuse his brother unjustly. He didn't make up story. He just spoke frankly all the time. I'm sure if his brother did right and good, he reported to his father. They were good. They are doing great. Sometimes, to achieve our dream, to achieve our goal, people lie. right? People don't speak frankly. So we know telling the truth is more difficult than lie, right? Can you speak the truth all the time to all the people? I know there's a what do you call it? like white lie. You have to lie sometimes. <laughs> mm, your hairstyle today, <laughs> or something. Your makeup on today. Mm. <laughs> you have to lie sometimes. But honestly, to the people we fear, or somebody has a power over us. It is so hard to tell them the truth all the time because we will get this result from telling the truth. Do we, Christians, tell the truth to the world when they do wrong, when they take the wrong way? to the injustice of our society, the violence, even exploitation against especially the weak and poor. We don't exploit the powerful and rich. Typically we exploit and violent, being violent against the weak and poor. Or we keep silent. If we don't say anything about it, we're committing the sin of omission. Not doing anything is also sin. Second, Joseph worked hard with the integrity always. Some Christians Have this attitude that God must favor them and bless them, no matter what. Right? Maybe you heard a lot of story of uh, businessmen like uh, J.C. Penny or you know somehow many of those uh, Kmart. Uh, Mister Kraske, uh, he is the owner founder of a uh, Kmart, was a Methodist. So we have here a lot of stories, like Rockefeller, you know, Carnegie Hill. I mean, uh, all these people, Christians, they God bless them because they did all the good things. But God, does God really bless Christians all the time? Does God make you successful and rich all the time? No. Is there any millionaire here? Any millionaire? Our finance committee wants to know if there's any millionaire here. Right? No, God doesn't. Absolutely not. God doesn't favor a Christian no matter what. Anyone, anyone can be rich and successful if they work hard. But it is so hard to be rich and successful with integrity, right? If you're in business, you know what I'm talking about. To make profit, more profit, sometimes you have to do some strategy or whatever, the way that you, know, you don't want people to know. But Joseph has been working hard with integrity always, always as a slave. He must have this resentment, grudge against his brothers, right? Almost he was killed. They tried to kill him and almost kidnapped him and, you know, sold him as a slave. Even they were stepbrothers. But Joseph worked hard with integrity, no matter what. Whatever his uh, position, whatever his uh, title, he was a slave. Fourteen slaves. The Bible says that his master saw that the Lord was with him. That the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. It is interesting. In the Bible, when they said the Lord, it is... Specifically the God, Jehovah, Yahweh. How come this uh, Egyptian master, you know, acknowledging this unknown God, God of a family, Abraham's family, Yahweh? Maybe Joseph has been telling his master, I believe this God, Yahweh, and he helped me, I trust him he was evangelizing his master as a slave and Joseph feared the lord god not his master you know we are the real of ourselves when no one's around right Some workers, you know, working hard, pretending working hard when his manager's around watching him. But no one's around, right? But Joseph consistently working hard. We see shortcuts sometimes. But if it is not right, It doesn't please God then we must go around even taking longer and again we work every day not only to make our living but to transform the world making impact on the people so people turn around from their wrong way to the right way that's how we working not only pastor working in church, you know, do the job. Every one of you working. Even you retired. Your everyday life is living, not just, you know, sustaining your life, but changing the world. Dishonesty cannot change the world. Third, that Joseph trusted God always. Oh, well, I trust God always. Really? When his master's wife falsely accused him, his master, who trusted Joseph for many years, didn't believe in him and just sent him to jail. It is unfair, absolutely unfair, but somehow Joseph didn't plead his innocence, defending himself. Joseph didn't. Just take it and okay. He ended up in jail. But he was a still same faithful, hard worker with the integrity. In jail. Right? In jail. How can you be in, have integrity in jail? Hmm? And you didn't do any crime, you're innocent. When we are treated unfairly, when people misunderstood, misunderstanding us, how do we respond? When no one believes in you, when no one on, on your side, what do we do? Typically people counteract with the vengeance and retaliate. You did it to me, I will do it to you. But we should not. Especially after Jesus Christ died for our sin. We should not. Because that sin people did against us mean nothing. Yes, we're emotionally damaged, spiritually you know damaged, even physically damaged. But nothing to do with our soul, with our who we are. Amen. So we don't have to retaliate. Already they receive their punishment by damaging us. So we trust God, we trust the Lord, and God knows you. You are innocent, if you are innocent. But many people worry about what other people think. What if I I, I can keep my status quo, my job? Because they trust them. They trust other people. They trust themselves, their own experience, their power, and their money for whom they are, not the Lord. And there's no way God God's dream come true through our life. So even in the prison, he took care of other prisoners. And he said, he watched them carefully, and they were not looking good. How you doing, friend? And they had, they had this dream, and then this is what Joseph said. They were officials. They're not like a foreign slave. They, the other, other image were high officials. And Joseph assertively, they, he told them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Please tell them to me. Please tell them to me. What does that mean? I'm going to be respond to you. I'm going to be responsible for what you're saying. The people in the world crying out for hell because they trusted the world and the world deceived them. The world disappointed them, right? The world disappointed us. But people still trust the world. So they are crying out for hell. So we need to listen to the people and help them. And they are Transformed. Fourth, Joseph was in the spirit of God always. When the king of Egypt dreamed of two strange dreams, and no one, these wise people, you know, his official, nobody could interpret. Because when they interpret, you know, wrong, turn out as a lie, then they will be executed. So no one dare to interpret unless they really know about it. And then Joseph, a prisoner, out of prison, and he interpreted. How dare! How courageous does Joseph interpret the dreams of a king of Egypt? What if the king said, "Mm, I don't think so. You're dead. Go back to prison you'll be executed tomorrow, right? How? What, what Joseph really trusted? <laughs> Even he's telling the truth. The king didn't accept it. That's it. It's dead. But Joseph did because he was in the Spirit of God always. Because Joseph kept the dream, God's dream, So maybe this is the opportunity for God to bring me out of prison and put me into the position. And the king of Egypt believed and praised the Lord. Can we find a man like this in whom is the Spirit of God? A prisoner, a foreign slave, former. He praised God and praise this prisoner. You know, we are called to make this up of Jesus Christ. In other words, we must make the world to surrender to God. Unless we surrender to God, how the world, we expect how the world surrender to God. If we don't, unless we, you know, trust God first, We entrust everything to God. How we expect the world to entrust themselves to God, right? I know many Christians, they do not trust. They do not surrender all the way to the Lord. When they have a financial problem, when they have a relationship problem, when they have an addiction problem, they do not turn to God and ask for help. They turn to the world. How we expect the world turn to the Lord? Then the question is: How can we be in the spirit of God? It is kind of long v- scripture, you know, from the Apostle Paul. But this is the you know we learn from Jesus Christ. Apostle Paul said have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus who though he was in the form of God did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of man and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee shall should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. That's it. See Jesus it was he came and be, became in the form of a human being. So we have no excuse. We are in the form of a human being. Even our humbleness emptying ourselves and obedient to the Lord until the point of the you know you don't have to die you know, on the cross. It's a self denial. Depending on God's grace every day. Lord, I am nothing. I achieved this much, but I am nothing. People know me as this, but I am nothing. I am a sinner before you. That's obedient to the point of death. Self denial of my old self with my old dream so we have this new dream Jesus Christ the fifth Jesus no joseph had forgiven his past to dream god's dream and god let god's dream come true we have to let go of our past by forgiving them the bitterness from the people hurt us the bad memories of our own mistakes and failures and grief Grudges, everything, we have to forgive and release them. So Joseph's forgiveness revealed in his children's name. Manasseh, meaning God has made me forget all my hardship and all my father's house. Who? His brothers. He named his son. So every time he sees his son, he reminds him. Manasseh, right, right, I forgive my brother, I forgive my hardship, I forgive all the force of being falsely accused, and all that I've forgiven. Ephraim, second son, meaning God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Yes, Egypt was still land of affliction for Joseph. Right? You don't know being a foreigner in a foreign country. I live in this land for this country for over 34 years now. Still foreign to us. And people see me as a foreigner. If I go to Walmart, hmm, there's an Asian guy there. Hmm. We're getting increase of uh, Asian population in Africa, though? Right? I'm nobody there. Right? Nobody knows me. Actually, you know, I'm on TV, so a lot of people know me. So even I go to Martins, every time I go, I have to just dress nicely, in case people know me. That's hard. That's hard. Anyway, but I'm special because you know me here, right? So Joseph could forgiven all the resentful memories. So by forgiveness, Joseph reinterpreted his past, the hardship, suffering. And Joseph could stop the cycle of sin in his family. The favoritism, the partiality Right? He just break the cycle of sin. Even Joseph could revenge when his brother came asking for, begging for food because of famine. He said, I am your brother. You know, he was crying, crying, crying. You know the story, the process, how Joseph gave his brother time of process of repentance. What they did in the story. right? And he, every time he being mean and being cold to his brother, he went into his room and he cried. He didn't want to be. But he wanted his brother to repent. Rem- remember. Not forget what they done. The evil they did. So Joseph gave him the opportunity to asking for forgiveness, repent. And he said, I am your brother, Joseph, whom you sold in Egypt. Now do not be distressed or angry with yourself because you sold me here, but for God sent me before you to preserve life. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. Joseph could find the meaning and purpose of his hardship. Remember, God called Abraham, you know, all of a sudden, you leave your home, leave your father's house, and go where I point you. To be blessing for the rest of the fa- rest of the world. That ambitious, just really weird dream. His great grandfather had. Now, because of Joseph's dream interpretation, the 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 world, the whole world at the time, Egyptian was Egyptian empire was a whole world. Millions of people were uh, redeemed, but because of Joseph, and later Jesus Christ coming through this family. Forgiveness changes our perspective. Forgiveness expands the boundary of our love. Remember, we are forgiven not because God favored us, because God wants us to forgive the rest of the world. Why? Why? Why don't Jesus just come back again and, again and again and again and you die on the cross and you prove yourself, your love to the people? No, God doesn't work that way. God used always the people, just mere people like you and me. How DJ, how Ed, how Karen, how Merv, that just, you know, just person like me you know, could forgive other people like that. That doesn't make sense. I don't get it. That's how people turn around and change. When God does that, oh, because of God. Because of God. But when I do that, when you do that, it's amazing. So people change through us. So we must forgive the world. How we can forgive the world? Here's why. We forgive the hunger by feeding them. We forgive the poverty by sharing ours with them. We forgive, you know, we forgive the violence by non-violence resistance. We forgive these illegal immigrants. How? By paying them, paying the price they deserve. So they don't have to leave their home countries. Have you ever thought, ever thought about that? The banana is too cheap, right? Coffee is cheap. Except Starbucks, it, coffee is cheap. Too cheap. They are the one farmers down there. They try to come in here. They love their home. They, don't, they didn't want to live their own country. If we, they, we pay, I know there's a lot of problem there. Corruptions, uh, industry and all that corruption. Political problem down there too. But somehow we pay them what they deserve. They don't have to come over here. How about the crime? We forgive the crimes by helping the criminals to be rehabilitated and return back to society. There's no system like that. Very minimal. Many Christian or agencies they try to do that. Help those people in the half their house. But they fail. Most of going back and forth, back and forth to prison. Because society doesn't welcome them. Oh, you've been to prison? Oh. We forgive the drug addicts. How? We introduce them the substitute, alternative. For their pain, Jesus Christ, the love of Jesus Christ. What else? It is hard. We got to do it. We're not going to do it. Who's going to do it? The government do it? No. We can forgive the drug addicts. Forgiveness is God's dream. Friends, we all dreamed dreams in time gone by when we were innocent, when we were hopeful. But some people don't dream anymore. Many people don't dream anymore because one day their life has killed their dream they dreamed. But Jesus Christ came and called us to dream his dream the eternal life in the kingdom of God so let's dream Jesus' dream not ours bring his kingdom down here down to Ephrathah down to Lidditz down to Akron Denver, wherever we live By doing his will, this is the real family matters, friends. Jesus called us to go. Like Abraham left his home, we Christians must leave our home where we are welcomed and beloved and live there wherever, the strange place. Maybe the city gates. May the effort out social service. We have so many agencies we support. But not, almost no one in our church go there and volunteer. We have a pregnancy center. We have so many ministries here. We're sending thousands of dollars every year. But nobody else, none of us go in there and volunteer. They need, want you to work there. Where are we now, friends? Where our church is now? Are we blessing to people? Is our church a blessing to the people, especially the poor and needy? Or are we just happy and blessed just between us?